What is going on Facebook? And if you are over at Mile High Radio listening to this, hey, how you doing? You know, I wanted to come on real quick here before we got started, just to say something real quick. Lynn, you have been working overtime at Mile High Radio. And I, I, I don't want to get started until we make those announcements. You added some amazing shows to Mile High Radio recently. They are. They are. Including our amazing show. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, some really good shows. Amazing people. They're so grateful to uh, join the Mile High Radio family and some great programming. So I'm looking forward to it. And it is in. Uh, you know, I really wanted to push this to celebrate International Podcast Day, which is coming up. This people like you and I are always promoting what a great platform this is, the benefits of it, how much fun it is, the people that podcast. So I really wanted to celebrate that. So it works out perfect with the programming at Mile High to be able to launch these six new shows air starting this Saturday uh, and every Saturday. So it's on the schedule if you visit the website at www.milehigh and that's high H-I milehighradio.com uh, you scroll down a bit you see the schedule and um, they're going to be there. Yeah, I'm really excited. Some great shows. There was a new one for me that I had never heard of, I didn't know was Appalachian Pie. Uh, you know, and I hadn't heard that one either. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of yeah. excited to actually get to know more about that show, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, so I listened to some episodes because they, you know, Blaine submitted and I listened to some episodes and shows. It's really, really interesting. Blaine, the hillbilly, and they talk about all these different things that pop into their head and culture and yeah, so... I was quite excited to to uh, see a new show because I was familiar with the other ones. So well, I think a lot of th- a lot of times what happens is we get so uh, used to seeing the same shows because we kind of run in the same groups, so we see the same shows all the time. And after a while, it's it's like a breath of fresh air to see something completely new. I'm not talking about even you know maybe a new show by a, a, a host that you're familiar with, a completely different show, someone that you'd never heard of before. And then you you find that it's it's a just a fantastic show. I guarantee you, this is a show that sounds like you just like right up my alley. So, you know, there's a there's a little redneck in all of us, and a little bit of hillbilly, sure. a little bit of hillbilly in each and every one of us too. So, I am excited to see that uh, or to listen to that show. Just like uh, Terra Firma, Drew Carson, congratulations and revelations with Cole Johnson. Cole, congratulations. You have been such a mm-hmm. you've been such an amazing guy and, and an amazing friend for so long. So thank you very much uh, for reaching out and becoming part of that Mile High family. So moving on to what we are actually going to talk about tonight. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I just kind of threw that at I you. Think I think we need I to just, share it out. Well, we need uh, to sh- share this out. Well, too. of course, we're going to share this out because that's what we do. We love to share. We are just sharing we love to people. Share, share. <laughs> yeah, I like this topic because I think this is something we hear somebody talk about a lot. 
here's somebody, some what people, people. I don't know why I keep <laughs> saying that. We hear people talk about this a lot. And in earlier shows that we've read polls that you've done, we had done an episode about things that couples argue about the most. And so we're going to talk about like the best and worst year of marriage and some other things <clears throat> thrown in there as well. So this would be a good topic. Great topic for people to weigh in and see if, yeah, that was the same for me or, or no, it wasn't that. No, you know, it wasn't, none of these were an issue at all. And I think maybe that speaks to, you know, we're not given a manual for relationships. We're not given a manual for life or parenting. We're not, we're just kind of dumped here with no so you know we have to build those skills along the way and depend on mentors and parents and siblings and teachers and all of that so um you know it's more skills to build and unfortunately we don't always put the time into building those interpersonal skills as we do for work and career and things like that well i think it 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 can be said also that maybe our parents aren't always the best role models for a lot of us as well I mean, you look oh, back yeah. into the 70s and in the 80s, the 80s had one of the highest divorce rates of all decades up to that point. And I came from a from a split family. So for me, seeing seeing my mom and dad married was different than, say, seeing like my dad married to his wife now. Two very different dynamics. You know, which, but which one do you do you uh, look at as far as what you want to, what you want to uh, kind of model yourself after? So obviously the one that sticks is the one you'd like to model, but at the same time, you really, like you said, you kind of have to find your own way. And uh, you know, the, this, uh, this article that you had found uh, that you had shared with me, uh, the happiest and hard, hardest years of marriage are finally identified. I was like, no way. No way possible. They, no, you can't tell somebody what the happiest and hardest years were. But then as I kept reading through it, I was like, oh, my God, they, they're talking about me. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone either. Well, I know you're not alone. I mean, I know you're not alone because we all talk to people. We talk to friends and, and you know, as coaches, we talk to clients that will share things parts of their lives I was reading that and I think in that article it said something about I can't remember now because I don't have it in front of me something about divorce rate in the UK up like 950,000 or something like that yeah 950,000 out of 2.1 million people are, are end up in divorce hey Carlos Phoenix wow. is on the line with or is on in the show with us hey Carlos how you doing awesome. my man so um, I'm just going to read through this here real quick because I do have the article up. It says, cool. not all couples realize that the effort from both partners is needed in family life. In accordance with this data, 950,000 marriages in Europe out of 2.1 million eventually end in divorce. A study from Slater and Gordon lawyers identified which year of marriage is the happiest and which is the hardest. So going through this article, we're just, let's just, kind of break it down for people. Let's just kind of like touch base on each one just to kind of throw it out there because, you know, we're not, we don't really have time to discuss this entire article piece by piece. However, what we do have is we've got the ability to break things apart 
and kind of share our perspective and our experiences through these things as well. So, so here it says uh, years th- uh, up to years three, there's an opinion that love lives for three years only. Now, when I, read, when I, that is very sad because um, I, I, and I, I disagree a little bit because you, you always love the person to some degree, always that love matures uh-huh. and it changes over years. Yes. But you're always going to love them. I think what they meant to say is lust only lasts for three years because that I think people mistake lust and love quite, uh, quite easily, especially in that first three years of marriage. Yes. I agree. They meant lust. I think, I think that, because they're saying that people have that idea. And I think that is what contributes to divorce is people have that feeling in the beginning and they think this is love and this is the way it's supposed to be all the time. And it's not. And we couldn't live life if we felt like that all the time. Because you think about it, you don't think about anything else but that person. Uh, you, you let stuff slide. You don't pay as much attention to stuff. If you spent the rest of your life in that, like, <laughs> you couldn't live. So, I mean, that really is a necessary, that is just a built-in function naturally that you're not going to stay in that place. It's, so it's sort of a... Um, uh, self-preservation thing that happens automatically. You stay there so that you can bond to that person. Stay there because life would fall apart. You wouldn't do anything. You would just let, you know. I I agree completely. I mean, you can't stay in lust forever. It just, things don't work. I think, and I think that is the reason why it, it, it showed that it, Okay, so it says that it's the third year of the marriage, which is believed to be the happiest. And then following that up until year five, that's when you're starting to see most of your divorces. And I believe that because people live in that state of lust. And then when the ex where when that um, that fog kind of lifts off of them and they start realizing that, hey, this this is real. This is the way it's going to be for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years and things kind of settle down into their their routine and people start getting complacent that's when you start seeing the divorces happen because all of a sudden it's not exciting anymore it's maybe you're only having sex you know once or twice a month now maybe things you know he he's got a new job because typically in those first three years people switch jobs Maybe he has a better job or or gets a promotion at work and things get a little bit more stressful. So that weighs into it. And then maybe she's doing the same thing. Now she's got a job and possibly a child. You have a child with you. So now that that stress starts weighing in on her because face it, fellas, the women do 90 percent of the work when it comes to raising children and doing the housework. And all that kind of stuff, but we're going to get into that here coming up in the five-year mark here. But uh, you know, the but that's where you're starting to see more people talking about you know divorce. Maybe we shouldn't be together, and and fighting a mm-hmm. lot more. That was very interesting. That um, the third year is considered the happiest year, but you know the first year flies by. Oh yeah, and. You know, we get to that place and, you know, and not that it's bad in the first few years, that lustful stage, because 
you're like two teenagers and hell, there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> right? Right. But um, the first three years, sure, because they, they zoom by. And I totally agree that that is probably about the happiest time. You're, you're not, you're more likely to not have kids at that point. You've just been having fun and getting to know each other. And I mean, some do have kids right bang from the get. I think that is the point where you settle into that nice comfort. You're still really enthralled with that person you're still really engaged, but you then you reach that comfort level at year three. Absolutely. And then, like they see in the article, that's about the time you start talking about starting a family, if you haven't. Yeah, and coming up at the end, we're going to talk about some, some stats that I found kind of interesting and that I actually went and did a little bit more research on uh, afterwards. So, But, uh, you know, getting into year five, you know, year five is where they say that the first real problems start. Uh, during this period of time, the children are still small and, and demand a lot of care. This is very hard to combine with work, housekeeping, and everyday problems. The fifth year, after five years together, the couple start thinking about divorce and turn to lawyers. Um, yeah, and I I don't remember this so much in my in in my relationship with my wife. Uh, year number five for us. The, well, I, I was in the military, so year number by year number five, I was deployed overseas. So we didn't see that problem so much. But what we did have is that separation anxiety. You know, we were constantly arguing and fighting. I was overseas. She was here at home. She would go out with her girlfriends at night, and I would be jealous because she was out having a good time while I was over in some sandy dust bowl sitting there hotter than hell you know, 103 degrees at night and trying not to drown in my sweat, you know, while I was stationed over in Kuwait. So that was where we kind of had our problems. It wasn't so much of you've got more to do or this or the other. It was really jealousy over the free time. Mm, yeah. Oh, I could totally see that. So I wonder if it would take a break then and it would like stop for the time that you were gone and then <laughs> the years would pick up again. Or how it would work then if you're in the military yeah i don't but think I don't it takes a break fifth, fifth year being like that <laughs> i don't remember the fifth year um being like that but yeah by the fifth year you're like maybe you've bought a house you've got a little kid or two depending on how busy you are getting it on and like who's picking up the kids and you've got, you know, appointments and you've got your, you're juggling your career and, you know, you're in your careers for a while. So very interesting. I was surprised by that fact that they're saying the fifth year was the hardest year. Well, Carlos, I, yeah, Carlos brings up a good point. He says, I think the problem is that people are not who they think they are and the, ch and they change and the change may be in opposite directions. Um, you know, and that's very true, especially when it comes to careers when, uh, you know, because if you get married young and when I say young, I'm talking somewhere between 18 and 25. I still still think that's very young. And when you get married at those ages, you really haven't established any one career. And if you've gotten through college and you have established a career, you're at that point in the career where everything you do, every move you make is very crucial to the success you're going to have in that career. And what you are at work versus what you are at home are very different people sometimes. And I think he's absolutely right. 
you may you know, you may see that character shift you start bringing that work persona home or or something along those lines and maybe those people that you thought you fell in love with when you're young and just getting out of college ready to take on the world those personas no longer really exist because now reality is set in and five years in it's it's stuff gets real and i think at that age when you well especially when you get married young you don't even really know who you are at 18 19 20 i think about myself in my 20s and i think i got married at the first time at 27 and we had been together for a long time and uh but i think yeah i i am totally i mean there's me but i think you don't even really know who you are in your 20s so absolutely but i think carlos is right i think because we work hard to impress that other person we want to make sure that person doesn't leave we're working to you know we put our best foot forward we're looking fine we're like you know making sure we get in shape or stay in shape and our hair is looking hot and you know got the good clothes on and I think as nice as that is um if somewhat if that somewhat isn't maintained I mean of course you're naturally going to do that but I think I think we have somewhat of a responsibility to maintain that through our our relationship to look good and take care of ourselves for our partners and I think that's where a lot of disappointment comes. Some people may totally be a completely different person and just let it all hang out. And Well, yeah, by year five, you're more comfortable. About what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> Sweatpants all the time. And, you know, so, I mean, I think you somewhat have to, <laughs> that's my opinion, but you should somewhat maintain that. But I think that's maybe a little bit where the disillusion comes from is, Maybe some people act a certain way or they pretend to like things that they don't normally like because they want to impress that person. And uh, like admitting that they like football or something and go to games and they really despise football and then they argue about it with their spouse. And <laughs> and if you really don't be honest and if you want to be willing to sit through a football game with your spouse, but, but don't act like you love football because then it's going to be a problem later on. So yeah, you have to be honest. You're absolutely right. I mean, I wish my wife still hated football. It is so much quieter when she hated football. I actually got to watch my game without having to flip back over to her game. That now just just kind of teasing a little bit, but seriously, uh, she, you're absolutely right. Um, people people will do that. They'll they'll put in they'll put on one mask for the and they'll wear that mask out until they just possibly can't do it no more. And then when the shoe finally drops. It's like, a, oh, holy shit, who are you? I don't even know this person in front of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. What was that Carlos said? It says, uh, oh, wow, that just covered us both up. <laughs> it's sure. <laughs> I've never actually seen a comment so long that it covered both hosts up. That, that's funny. So don't thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, Carlos. Uh-huh. So it says, it's sure, it's about <laughs> impressing. <laughs> it's that it's that as humans we convince ourselves that we are who we are most people not, are not aware of who they are not who they think they are they are product of their oh now I'm sure now you moved it on me 
<laughs> but over time, not sure if it's about impressing. <laughs> I think some of it is about impressing for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, and that's that's really what it boils down to, I think, in the beginning. And then year five, that's why, like I was saying, the mask finally comes off. You start seeing the true nature of the person that you're with. Sometimes that true nature, it, it's, it's not, not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Now, in year seven, it says, as if, if a couple stays together after five years of marriage, then another barrier is waiting for them to overcome. It's the seven year of family life, which specialists name the wall, or I've heard it called the seven year itch. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard it called that. It says by this time, family life becomes routine. There might also be financial issues, child issue, childcare issues, and quarrels about sharing household responsibilities. That one hit me right in the schnoz. I, <laughs> because, you know, I, I don't, Especially being that I come from, you know, deployments and stuff like that. I would be gone for a while. I'd come home. I'd step into the family and they'd have their routines down. They knew exactly what they were doing. And then I came in and I would try to change it up and everything would just be thrown into chaos. And it it would cause fights. And we would literally have fights where we were yelling at each other and being brutal to each other. I mean, just absolutely mean hitting every one of those buttons that you know that after seven years you have found all those buttons we hit every single one of those buttons just to hurt and piss off the other person and that's Uh and that was right in that seven eight nine year mark when when this was going on so absolutely when i read that seven year one i was like yep they're talking about me i know it Yeah, I agree with seven years because you're really, really in it. And we're talking, whether you're legally married or not, you're, you know, you're living together, you have children, you're really in it by then. You've got the extracurricular activities, you've got, you know, and really, Hugh Hefner passed away? Wow, we just had a breaking moment in the grit and grace. Breaking news! (laughs) We could put another We could put another man on the moon and she would have been like, "Oh, whatever." Hugh Hefner passes away and oh holy shit, the world is going to come to an end. The world's oldest well, He's like an icon. The world's oldest playboy has now passed away. <laughs> anyway, huh, well, thanks for letting us know. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I think by seven years, you're really in it. Yeah, you've got routines. You've been in your career for a while. Maybe you're like, hate your career and you bring that shit home and and routine is a killer. And for me, yeah. But then you're an Aries like I am. And for us, routines don't work. We have to be spontaneous. We have to continuously be moving it's just the way we run we roll now for other people where routines are important you know maybe that's that's not as much of the case maybe it's the spontaneity that bugs them so much maybe they can't handle spontaneity maybe that becomes chaos to them so you know you know keep in mind what what type of personality you are like for me, it's got to be go, go, go. It's got to be constantly changing because if it becomes routine, I'm going to get sick of it. I'm going to get bored. Oh, yeah. Like poke my eyes out with a fork. Yeah. 
And that's why I hate cooking, I think. Because <laughs> every night you got to make dinner. Like, that just kills me. I hate it. But, yeah, and good point you made between routine and spontaneity. This routine is important. Yes, sometimes routine is important. You don't have a choice. If you know, if most people you work Monday to Friday, nine to five, and you have that routine, you have to. But it doesn't mean you can't throw things in there to be spontaneous. That doesn't mean that you can't all of a sudden at like midnight say, Hey, let's go out for a Sunday or let's go for a drive and go, you know, let's sleep out on the trampoline tonight this summer night like it doesn't mean you can't be spontaneous but I think we forget that because we get so serious about life we have responsibilities and we have to be adults and because we're told like grow up and be responsible and all that stuff and it's like I, I think it just and then we go through life and it's just everything's so automatic but yeah I need spontaneity I mean yeah I like routine too but yeah I gotta throw some stuff in there gotta be spontaneous I gotta I like to try something new I wanna yeah because that just and that goes for the bedroom too so because if that gets routine that is crappy too yeah well and then you also got to look at the fact that uh you know it, it kind of falls back into that you know keeping yourself in shape and things like that by seven years things have gotten to the point where it's like man you know what I just don't want to go to the gym today. Just not having it. It's just whatever. She's been, she married me. She knows what she got. That's what she gets, you know, type of deal. That's, then that's a guy's mentality. We become more complacent than women do a lot faster. Not sure if you're talking or not. <laughs> I, I see you kind of froze up there for a second. Uh-oh. Can you hear me now? Uh, oh yeah, I can see you. I can hear you again. So okay, yeah. I guess do you uh, do you really do you think that that men become more complacent than women, or they just become complacent about different things? No, I I believe they they become well. Maybe they do become complacent about different things because you know there there's certain times where you you come home and you kind of do your thing and you just whether it be sit down and eat, you know, go take a shower, whatever it is. You just, you have the things that you need to do. And really the, the stuff that's going around outside of that, of what your primary function is or, or what your primary plan is, you seem, you can, you kind of forget about those things. So like if, for, use this for as an example, I come home from work and say my, my wife is uh, uh, taking a nap. Well, instead of going in and waking her up and seeing how she, how her day was and things like that, I just let her continue to sleep while I go sit down on the couch and watch television. Now, chances are that could go one of two ways when she wakes up. She could say, why didn't you wake me up? Or she could just take advantage of that and say, he's not bothering me. I'm just going to continue to take a nap. But, you know, there's though it's that type of interaction where after you know in the first three years it would have been definitely go wake her up talk to her find out how her day was and all those kind of things by year seven yeah maybe not so much maybe it's yeah, whatever you know i already know how her day was well people are we're creatures of habit right so i think we have i think and we operate on autopilot a lot i think it's to really be aware of um <laughs> I think it's just to be aware 
to maybe just try and be aware a little bit more like you know where can I interject something where where can I do different but I think a lot of times we do have that feeling that we want to do something different <laughs> sorry Leland. what was that I missed he says get that overlay out of her face <laughs> or out of her, <laughs> away from her smile <laughs> sorry Leland I was sitting there too. I, guess <laughs> I hadn't even noticed it I was yeah kind of dazing off here but I think, yeah, I think year seven. I'm curious to know, people watching, what year, if you had a tough year, what year was the hardest for you? And I think it's different, too, whether you have kids or not. You know, adding kids, it, it, it adds a whole new dimension. I mean, there's people who will stay together purely because of children, even though they their marriage has probably been over since year four or five, they'll still stay together long afterwards just for the sake of the children. Then there's those people who, yeah. you know, have children and it helps. It, it makes their relationship stronger. Does It's not the fix. I mean, that we know that that's not the way to fix a problem in a relationship. But for some people, once they get to that point where they're ready to have children, it does make them stronger. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I do believe, though, that um, no matter what, I think that, you know, barring abuse and things like that, I think that any marriage can really be if. But, but boy, you both got to want to put it, the effort into it. You know, and you said that you said a mouthful right there because you do both have to put effort into it. A marriage isn't just two people living together. If that was the case, all you'd have to do is get a roommate. It's it does take effort to have a successful a marriage. And it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, one person. It, I hate when people say, well, you got to meet me halfway because it's not always like that. Sometimes no. women, you have to step up and go maybe 70% where he can only take it 30%. Sometimes men, you got to go 90% because she can only give 10%. It's not always meet me halfway. There's always got to be some give and take. You you have to be willing to give more than what you receive sometimes. It just doesn't work if you if you don't. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. It's necessary. I think, I think it takes two when it gets really tough where it's you're, ne- you're needing outside help. Like, you know, you just, it doesn't work talking to each other. You have to say, go to a marriage counselor and get some outside help. I mean, that one person has to be willing. I remember my first, my husband wanted to leave and it was, well, let's, you know, let's work on this. Like, let's go talk to somebody. Let's go. And he didn't want to. So, what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing you can do. That's where you need to people. But I think if you are having problems, and I know this from training and going through a rough time, really, it does only take one person to change a relationship. It doesn't take to both people because, because of human nature and human behavior and the way that we one person in the marriage acts a certain way in a way that meets the needs of the other person that person will automatically respond unknowingly by what the other person is doing. And they'll in turn give their partner what they need. And that alone can transform a relationship. Now that one person is doing it on their own, 
Um, but you don't always need two people. I've seen this happen over and over and over and over. You know, so we say, I think it takes two when things are really bad and one really doesn't want to go get any help. But I've seen it happen where if one person just changes their behavior, the way they talk, the way they interact with their partner, their partner's going to just respond just automatically human behavior. So Carlos brought So try up, that out for those watching. <laughs> Excuse me. Carlos brought up expectations. He's, he basically he says another issue with is culture. Expectations are evil and he is absolutely right and going on to um, going on through this this article says here are some factors that are worth avoiding if you want to keep your marriage strong. So it's inflated expectations. It was discovered that couples file for divorce more often in spring than in fall. Before that, they try to give their marriage a second chance. If it doesn't work out, then divorce cannot be avoided. Um, you know, a, a guy, I, I used to listen to this guy named Bruce Van Horn on, on his podcast. And he, he's extremely wise. And here's the reason why I say that. The one thing I cannot tell you anything that his show was about. Couldn't tell you. In fact, I couldn't even name one episode that I listened to. However, the common theme that he kept saying in his shows for the season that I watched was when you expe- uh, when you have expectations, you you set yourself up for failure because yeah. people will fail to meet your expectations 100% of the time. And, and it's so true. They cannot yeah. possibly meet your expectations because you set your expectations based on what you think they should be doing. And they're not going to just free will do what you, ex- what you expect or what you think they should be doing. They can only do what they would do in that sp- uh, certain situation. So that is the only thing that ever stuck out to me. And when I learned that, my marriage, my personal marriage turned almost 180 degrees just by acknowledging the fact that, hey, if I expect my wife to be one way or another, I'm going to lose. But if I just allow things to happen naturally the way she would do them, I would never be disappointed by the outcome. And it's absolutely, absolutely true. Absolutely. Trade your expectations for, and it will change everything because people aren't going to respond the way you think, the way you would have necessarily. Their experiences are different. Their, their environment growing up and what they experienced and what they saw different so you know you can't you can't you know inflated expectations yeah absolutely so just uh, quickly touch on what Leland said love isn't about what the other person can do for you it's about what you can do for them and that's that's very true um, you know to show you I hate to say this the way I the way I'm gonna say this but it it's absolutely true um, you have to show people by doing and in order to show someone that you love them is you have to do more for them than what you expect in return. And 
you know, that's love is a verb. Love is a verb. Yeah. It's, it's a do you got to do it. It's an action word. So that's right. If we made our partners, um, feelings and put their, put their feelings and their needs, um, first, and we did that for each other, we'd both, both people get what they need. It's like in third world countries, you know, when they see, you see them driving and you think, how did they drive over there? It's chaos. (laughs) They only have one rule and that is to watch out for the person directly in front of you. So all those people are watching out for the safety of the person in front of them. That's how it works. That's why it works. So if we put those needs and those emotions and the feelings of our partner first we're guaranteed to have what we need to grow together you know people say that you are responsible for your own happiness but you know truth be told is is as true as that statement is you are you're not maybe responsible for the other person's happy, happiness but what you do to show people that you love them to show them that you support them and things like that that helps you be directly, um, what's the word? I, I don't want to say responsible. You're not responsible for it, but you definitely you contribute. You contribute and you can affect their happiness real easily. Yeah. So, absolutely. So, and then. Um, okay, let's go on to the other things. Think The other second thing to avoid to keep your relationship okay, strong. So number two, silencing problems. Specialists conducted an experiment, experiment among young couples which proved that. Even discussions about movies can reduce the risk of divorce by half. So talking properly about your family difficulties can really save your marriage. Keep quiet. You know, I've done this before and I still do it to some degree. And it's it's not probably the right thing to do. But uh, you kind of have to pick and choose your battles sometimes. So sometimes if, if a battle just isn't worth fighting, keeping your damn mouth shut can be the best thing that you do. But Sometimes, yeah. But when there is a serious problem, and, if, and the problem affects the entire family unit as, as a whole, then you definitely need to speak up. You need, you need to talk right away in the beginning of the problem rather than wait until it becomes the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And I think the other thing on this, as far as keeping silent, I think that goes with don't be airing all your problems to everybody. Yeah, definitely. Every, your friends, because you know what happens automatically is then people start, you know, because we naturally affirm that person. Oh yeah, he's an asshole then. So then what happens then when you, I don't know, you come back together or things are fine again and you get over the argument and you work it out. That other person sort of has this feeling so many bad things about your partner. That person's hating that person and now you're all fine with them again. It, I've seen this create a lot of problems. So, you know, try and keep things to yourself. We all have that trusted friend. Everybody needs somebody to vent to, you know, or women like the most, you know, um, but find that person that you can talk to that preferably is really objective and will just listen and not get a hate on for 
for that person. But I think that's important. You'll see some things. You'll see some people on Facebook where it's like, you know, some shit went down. And <laughs> yeah, like, we talked about that before. <laughs> and you are seeing it. And it's like you're watching a soap opera on Facebook. You can tell by every single post, the guy's a dog. He's a piece of shit. Like, and you could just see it happen. Yeah. And you can tell when they get back together because all of a sudden they're oh, yeah. friends again on Facebook. But yeah, they're yeah. they're not only friends, but all of a sudden they have that that post that that kind of that announcement that so and so is in a relationship, and it's, yeah. it's like oh yay, you know. It's um, so funny. You know, I've got I've got that one friend, and guys, we typically you know we 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 don't like to uh, be all touchy feely and emotional and stuff like that, but. Yeah, even some of us have our no, our buddies, really? right? But you know, we have our friends too, and sometimes we just need to get stuff off of our chest. And you know, and I yeah. remember, I remember sitting at the bar one night with with one of my buddies, and I was and Corinne and I had had an argument, and and things were not going all that well. And he looked at me just square dead in the eye and says, "Don't be an asshole. Go over there, sit down, and actually listen to what she has to say to you." Now. That's a good friend. That is a good friend. Because he could have been like, yeah, man, let me buy you another beer. Yeah, whatever. Screw that woman, blah, blah, blah. Hey, let's go. Let's go downtown. Let's go bar hopping. He could have done all those things. But instead, he's like, hey, <laughs> be a man. Go over and sit and listen. And, uh-huh. you know, had, had I not taken his advice, you know, things probably would have been way different today. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's important to have those types of friends, you know, not, not the yes friends, but the ones that are going to take in the situation and be like, Hey, don't be an asshat. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you can be wrong <laughs> and not be right. So, but we do need those people to vent to for sure. Um, we talked about this earlier. The other one is the lack of relationship building skills. Mm-hmm. And I found this interesting that they say that people that grew up in big families, the more siblings you have, the less chance you have of divorce because you've built relationship skills because you've had to learn to deal with, live with other people and compromise and, and all of that. I don't, I don't know about that. No, I don't I, know about that. I don't, I, I don't see that as evidence in my life no. and the people that I've known. No, I don't agree with that at all. Just, I mean, I've got five sisters and a brother. And um, let me see, one, two, three, four of my sisters have been divorced. You know, it's just, me and my brother are the only two that haven't been divorced. And one of my sisters that hasn't been divorced has never been married. So um, that's, yeah. but she's got three children with three men. So what do you, you, you make the call. Uh, yeah, they're, they, well, how do you like those apples, folks? Boy, I just went, went and aired a lot of shit on my family. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> but, you know, I so like I said, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think I don't either. I think that I don't either. That uh, family dynamic, what really makes a difference is is how the mother and father treat each other. If you got two parents that are divorced, you do have the higher risk of be, being divorced. And this is what I was talking about earlier. If you're if you have a large family and your parents stay married, you don't you're not um, um, you don't see the the fights that don't get solved. You you see two people communicating, 
you're more likely to develop those communication skills to be able to mm-hmm. stay married longer. Now, if you're if you grow up in a family where they're divorced, or maybe you see a lot of infighting and they don't ever seem to solve the problem, they just keep stacking up more problems, and every old problem keeps getting drug into the new problem. That is going to establish that as as a kind of a foundation. So yeah. having a the size of family, I really don't believe has anything to do with whether or not you you're going you're more likely to succeed in marriage or not. Yeah, because you could have all been fighting. I mean, I know so many families that the siblings fought. They grew up. They don't talk to each other. They haven't seen each other in years. They have nothing to do with each other. Well, those were good relationship building skills, weren't they? Just because you have more people around doesn't necessarily mean. You know, it's the same with me. I have a brother and a sister. We've all been sister wants me once. Like, I was quite shocked by reading that, actually. Yeah. But So then, <laughs> oh, excuse me, the, the next one is lack of desire to listen. If one of the partners does not want to listen during a fight, then the risk of divorce is much higher. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> that was kind of my like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> this is what I said. Yeah, I don't think when... we need to talk about that one too much. No, I mean, really. obviously. <laughs> listen. Just listen. Yeah. The next one, uh, this one I get, life in social networks. <laughs> Can we? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I used to make that joke uh when I'd see somebody walking by and I actually used to say this to my, to my wife, I'd say, Hey, look, there goes my next ex-wife. And she goes, well, who's your first ex-wife? You know, it was was kind of one of those little jokes that we used to tell back and forth. But at the same time, I guess it was funny to us until it almost happened. Um, Anyhow. Yeah. So life in social networks. Yeah. Life in social networks. Yeah. We sort of talked about that. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more common all the time because people can create these relationships on social networks that fill that need or fill that gap. And then the way the mind works, when you start getting that fill of that need, you start gravitating towards that and then things kind of progress and not realizing that same thing's gonna happen it's it's not any different it's just you know social networks work because when i can turn this off at night i go back i had exactly what i needed and i went and i go to bed and then the next day i can come back to it and i'll get exactly what i need again when you have yeah. to deal with the real life every day all day it's you know it's easy to fall into that social media trap Yeah, I think that you can either fight with your partner on social media or if you get into some kind of triangle, love triangle, or um, there's infidelity that goes on and, you know, the other woman or the other man contacts. I mean, there can be a lot of – there can be a lot of things going on um, that can happen. Absolutely. Definitely. And it can go – Tons of different ways, tons of different ways. So I think that's definitely something to be aware of for sure. You know, I sat down, you see, I sat down at a local bar one night 
uh, just having some beers with some buddies and stuff like that. And literally not even four feet away from where we were sitting down, this fight breaks out. I mean, just blow out fight breaks out. A woman came storming into the bar and literally, well, first she tried to hit her, her husband over the head with a beer bottle and missed him. Thank God, because that would have been a bloody mess. But she just started beating the living hell out of him right there in the bar because she had seen uh, messages on his on his uh, Snapchat or, or something, some social media platform. Yeah. And she ended up getting arrested, but I guarantee you she had more than one lawyer the next day. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard some stories varying. Varying degrees of seriousness. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, next one, the one one that we talked about in one of our early shows, uh, money arguments. Yeah. I, money arguments. Got to, got to, got to get a handle on that. Like, got to li- really listen. Because everybody's got different habits and everybody's going to have different goals of what they want to do with their money you know that's one you really got to pay attention to and, and really dedicate some time to and if you have to go you know talk to a financial advisor or whatever to be on the same page like yeah yeah for for us it was lack of communication it was always it always came down to lack of communication and it wasn't yeah. her going out and spending the money on something that was frivolous. It wasn't me going out and spending money on stuff that was frivolous all the time. It was, (laughs) it was just the fact that we didn't communicate with each other and she had allotted X amount of dollars for certain things. I had allotted, allotted X amount of dollars for certain things. We never told each other what it was. So when we take the money out of the bank and all of a sudden there isn't enough there to, to do one thing or the other, well, what what happens typically young people and this happened when we were young young people well i can get away with not paying my electric bill to the next paycheck or whatever so then you start playing around with that dangerous game and once you get Uh into that dangerous game then things kind of kind of just go upside down in a hurry because you start getting late payments and things like that and it's wow it's hard to catch up yeah then you're gonna fight even more yeah and i think it is just as simple as that as communicating knowing what your numbers are like really knowing i think sometimes couples don't even know how much money comes in and how much goes out and usually you know generally it tends to be the woman that knows how much is going out the guy doesn't so it's really to sit down and go okay how much money do we bring in how much money does it cost to maintain our home and food and all of these things and run our vehicles and let, you know, what do we have and what are our goals? I think it's, that's the biggest problem. That is the biggest problem in most of it is if we would just sit down and communicate. Yes. Good for you, Carlos. Yeah, exactly. Cause a lot of people don't know exactly how much it is, how much it costs, how much do you spend on groceries? I think, you know, some people would be surprised. You know, and I, I do want to take a second here just to branch off that for one moment. 
if if you if this is you if this if you're watching the replay or listening to the show on one of the you know whether it be TuneIn's or Spreaker or Mile High Radio if if this is you and you're having trouble with with finding your budget and making your payments and catching up old bills and things like that definitely definitely look into Financial Peace uh, University um, the things that that Dave has done creating Financial Peace Inf- uh, University and also you know people will always li- I mean people listen to Dave Ramsey every single day and you always hear these people calling in and saying they're debt free and and then you'll hear other people talking about how they're you know hundred and eighty thousand dollars in debt and he kind of works it out with them listen listen to what these people are saying because they have the problems that everybody faces and if you pay attention to what there's what's said you will find a roadmap to get yourself out of out of debt and out of tr- money trouble i promise you mm-hmm. um and yeah and that is what we did that is the, what me and my wife did and three years ago we were fighting about money we didn't have a penny to rub to get two pennies to rub together we were trying to barely scrape by paying rent on a house that was way way more than what we could afford and when we decided to to really live like no others because one day you'll live like no other when we decided to do that it only took us three years to get our debt down and to buy a house so really wow you guys are on the same page like lynn said get on that same page talk to each other once you are on that same page you'd be amazed what can happen in a short period of time you know if the rest of your relationship really if you were honest and looked if the rest of your relationship was good but this was something that reared its head all the time it would be a shame to leave to just get into another relationship because then you're just going to have to deal with that person's money issues. And if you haven't learned to sit and communicate about it, I mean, wherever you go, there you are. So many people think if they leave a relationship and they find someone else, well, then it's going to be better. But you're the rest of your relationship is good. It would be a shame to just, you know, if, if the money is just, if this, you know, the sitting down and talking about it and doing something about it, you don't do that. That would be a shame. So sounds like a great resource. What a great testimony from you. Like, <laughs> well, whoa, three years? That's... Three years is all it took. And, you know, when you look at it, when you look at it retrospectively, it's like, oh, that didn't take hardly any time at all. But when, you, when you're sitting there at the beginning and you look at everything you have in front of you, you're just like, oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's yeah. daunting. It really is. But it yeah. works if you are on the same page that's the only yeah. way it works now the last one and we're gonna i don't want to really get into this one a whole lot because it really irritated me it says yeah. uh, low education level uh, research to find that people with higher education have lower chances of divorce regardless of the gender or country they're living in now that surprised me that surprised that, me I, as well because I know just as many people who have got master's degrees and PhDs who are divorced as people who didn't finish high school. So to me, uh-huh. that was kind of a throwaway. I didn't like it. it and for that reason alone is the only reason why I just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I call bullshit on it. Yeah. I call, totally call bullshit on it. 
I don't agree at all. So we've had a couple of we've had a couple of bullshits. We've had one no shit, and then we've had a bunch that are really good things to take and one really good resource. So that's yeah. that was it. I mean, that was it's been a great mixed bag. It, yeah, this was really good. This was really I think it's some good things for people to really sit down and go. Yeah, I think you know this kind of follows along. Um, thanks, Leland. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's some good things for people to look at or what could be the issue. And it always comes back to communication. And if you're watching this and you haven't seen other shows and you didn't see the show we did on communication, go and watch that show we did on communication way back. I think it was in um, June. Was June our relationship month? Yes, it was. Yes, it I was. I think it yeah. was. Yeah, it was all about relationships. Go back, look. Yeah. And communication was one of our topics. And, and go back and look at that because, you know, everything leads back to that. You can't be, expect people to read minds. Um, you, you have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to ask, you know, you have to ask. As much as you know your partner, you... So, yeah, it was way back. Yeah, well, it's way back for us because, well, we're still within that first 12 months of doing this together. So June was way back. It was a long time ago so far. So anyways, but that is all the time we have for tonight. It is. Can you believe it went by already? So fast. I'd be curious to know, you know, share this out. If you think there's, if there's people that you know that, you know, maybe need a little bit of help, need a great resource, need to know that Hugh Hefner died. Like, holy Hannah, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, we kind of went a little bit uh, sideways on that one for a minute, but it's important because, <laughs> trust me, Playboy has been the girlfriend of many, many young boys. So it was important to get that one out there. Anyway, yeah. well, if you like to hear more about what we got going on, you can find us at Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on TuneIn, Stitcher, spoke you can even get us each monday night at mile high radio go download the mile high radio app it is so simple and very easy in fact right now they probably have a pretty good show on as we speak where else can they find us yeah they do they have great shows um uh, Google Play. I think you named them all. You got them all. <laughs> I did for once. Uh, so they're all they're all listed on our website at gritandgracetv.com. You can go there. They're all in a row. You can click on them and they'll link you directly. Oh, and Pippa. We're on Pippa. This is such a great platform. If you're a podcaster watching this, go to pippa.io. Fantastic platform. I love it, love it, love it. And Chris and I Oh, I called you Chris. That's so odd. I, I was know. calling you wow. CJ. Hey, we've moved to the next <laughs> level of our relationship. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. When I talk to people and they say Chris, I go, yes, CJ. That's so bizarre. <laughs> like calling somebody else having sex. <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's kind of funny. I cannot believe, I cannot believe he called me by somebody else's name. That's just, that's I know. It's so bizarre. <laughs> I, now I don't even know what I was talking about. But anyway, you can get all the information on us, where you can find us. It's all on our website. People to our YouTube channel because all of these also go to YouTube and then you won't miss any of them. But we know audio is much more... Uh, doable in people's lives so you can find all those ways on our website 
So there you go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching tonight. We had a great time talking about marriage. And if you definitely need to uh, you know, come back next week, we want to see you next week, too. But before next week, we have a super fun Friday episode each and every Friday. So we will be back Friday night. Same time. Same place. See ya. Rick and Grace has been brought to you by the Ripka Media Group, produced by Saloon 7 Studios. Thank you for listening.